Let's talk some food here and restaurants as we've got McDonald's earnings coming up. And if Chipotle is any indication, the market might be giving these businesses a bit of a shorter leash. Andrew Charles joins us, Cowan analyst focused on restaurants. Let's start with Chipotle, Andrew. I mean, these numbers, when they hit yesterday, looked like it was a surefire success. Now it's one of the worst performers in the S&P 500. What happened? Hey, Oliver. Thanks for having me again. Um, so with Chipotle, the biggest factor there is the dynamic between traffic and pricing is very out of whack right now. In the quarter, they did 13% price with a 1% traffic decline. And basically, with the guidance for the fourth quarter of somewhere in the mid to high single digits, you know, that basically implies they'll be running 15% price with a 5% decline in traffic. And so investors are really getting more comfortable with that dynamic where, where you know, obviously the word unprecedented is used so much of the last two and a half years. But with this level of pricing to combat the food and, and labor inflation they're seeing right now, it, it just begs a little bit more handholding that people are, are obviously um, uh, dinging a bit on the multiple, despite the fact that, you know, our estimates moved higher for 2023. Okay. 13.5% uh, growth. Pretty good stuff. Cops uh, uh, shaved in half, basically, but still very positive. And they're opening a lot of new stores. So I guess we should expect revenue growth to continue then. Just uh, the per store numbers may uh, slow. How's that trade off going to look? It's more of a function of how long can they hold this elevated pricing with what happens with traffic. I mean, that's what everyone's trying to figure out is that is traffic's next leg. Can that potentially, you know, show some signs of acceleration? And there's a lot of conversation that last night uh, during the call around opportunities to really help accelerate traffic. And so you're going to see them lean on CRM a bit more with their loyalty program that's up to 30 million people now. You're also going to see that they've got a nice 11% bump in their marketing budget in the fourth quarter. And Oliver, I know you're a big Chipotle fan. You'll appreciate they are <laughs> testing a new spicy chicken uh, that could hit. You know, they're, they're, they're saying could be in 2023. Hopefully for you and me, it's coming out in January. We'd love to try that. Whoa. Wow. Very interesting. I did not know this. Um, it's How have the other restaurant uh, menu changes rather uh, helped or hurt them? Uh, uh, and some of the stuff that they've experimented with, the steak and all that. Uh, are those moved the needle at all? Yeah, so so right now, or I should say every September and October and through the end of the year, they typically do a new protein. So this started in 2019 with carne asada. Last year, they they did brisket, which was an absolute killer. Um, you know, it was my personal favorite item, menu item that Chipotle has ever launched. Yeah, and this year, they're following up with garlic guajillo steak. So it's a little garlicky, a little bit spicy. Um, I don't think it's it's really resonating as much as um, as brisket is. And so the dynamic here, to be very tactical, is that brisket ran out of supply in mid-November of last year. It was just uh, a fantastic success. Garlic Wahilo not really moving the needle as much as that. And so they're really kind of banking on a back half of 4Q traffic rebound here as they as they have some easier compares in the business. So, you know, unfortunately, this one didn't didn't move the needle as much as some of the past. But we've got a new chicken coming out. And if it's anything like the new chicken oil this year, which was fantastic, you know, we're hoping obviously that resonates a bit more from a traffic perspective. OK, and now the uh, sector as a whole and I guess Chipotle specifically, are they in a pretty good place to kind of function as a consumer staple? They talked about how their higher end clients um, uh, were eating more at the restaurant. Uh, uh, does that uh, is that a good thing? Does that mean they're going to lose the uh, lower priced uh, uh, consumers to a McDonald's or something, or, or how does that shift work? Yeah, yeah. So really, you're, you're seeing this throughout the sector that uh, both casual dining, as well, such as the Dardens and Brinkers of the world, 
um, as well as the fast casual names, you're seeing the low income consumer to the degree they have exposure. You're right that most of their customers for Chipotle are in that high income demographic. But for those in the low income demographic, they're, they're crying uncle amid just pervasive uh, inflationary pressures across the board and trading down to something that's a little bit more expensive in quick service. And so quick service having a similar dynamic where their lowest run customers are either down trading the menu where we're, we're hearing quite a bit about uh, increased value menu activity, which, of course, is lower margin. Um, or they're trading down into the grocery channel um, is another is another potential mm. avenue there. But you are just kind of seeing more consumers kind of moving down or trading into different um, into different buckets, um, you know, throughout the sector. Uh, which do you like? What's the best way to trade the group going forward? Uh, let, let's like operate on the assumption that the economy continues to slow, uh, which it kind of seems like is in your thesis uh, uh, and in analyzing these companies. Uh, what's the best way to play it? Really like Yum. Um, you know, mm. it's got Taco Bell as the crown jewel in its portfolio, the largest of their very well diversified 290 brand country combinations across KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. And so, uh, Taco Bell US, uh, fantastic value perceptions within our proprietary survey data. It, it's really unique, the brand, in the sense they've really married innovation with value throughout its history. So, it's really known for value, it's known for some creative items as well. And they've been on a hot streak with menu innovation as it relates to the Mexican pizza that um, came back temporarily early in May, sold out, and then came back permanently in, in mid-September. So we're very optimistic about a positive 4Q sales revision for Yum, as they presumably speak favorably about the return of Mexican pizza. Globally, you know, very well diversified. And I'd also add very, um, very also just asset light model. So unlike McDonald's, QSR, et cetera, who have more of a heavy real estate ownership, not the case at, at um not the case at Yum, as well as the fact that from a supply chain perspective, both Domino's and QSR are a bit more vertically integrated, not the case at Yum. So, so it really leads to a, a higher flow through from a business model perspective. Okay. Uh, well, uh, we did the $28 Taco Bell challenge here. I don't know if you saw that guy who went on TV and said that he had a $20, uh, $28 Taco Bell uh, lunch. We tried it. Pretty difficult stuff. Uh, I think I'm pretty set on Taco Bell for like the next six months. Uh, but uh, the uh, innovation made it easy. I just pounded a bunch of Doritos Locos Tacos. You know, it wasn't too hard. Throwing a little extra tomato lettuce, you get to 28 bucks pretty easy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate it, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Probably not a fun night, fun day of going on the air, but that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, not a great call doing that before the afternoon show. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, stuff. Count analyst with the yum preference in the restaurant biz.